Last year at Christmas time, the 198 employees of a certain real estate company in Baltimore gathered together for their normal Christmas party. But during the Christmas party, something unusual happened. They were each handed a red envelope, which hadn't happened before. And the red envelope, they were told, had their Christmas bonus inside of it. Of course, that's, that's common in many companies, but, but what happened this year was a little unusual. The owner of the company said he wanted to do something extraordinarily special for the 198 employees of his real estate company. And so what he decided to do was to take $10 million and split it up evenly among the 198 employees of his company, which means that each employee of the company got roughly $50,000 as a Christmas bonus. That's a pleasant surprise, <laughs> to say the least. But not every surprise around Christmas time is as pleasant for everyone. I read a, I read a story about a seven-year-old boy in Canada. Well, two years ago, he was seven years old. And on Christmas Day, he called 911. He called 911 because he unwrapped one of his presents and saw that he had received snow pants. <laughs> he called 911 because he wanted to let the authorities know that that he was not happy with that, <laughs> that he was not happy with that, that that was a very unpleasant surprise for him. I don't know if you're getting snow pants for Christmas this year, but I do know that when you look at not just this Christmas, but really this entire year, it's, it's kind of been one, one long string of unpleasant surprises. A year of COVID and for Christmas, not knowing if you'll be able to get together with family or friends and depending on who you talk to, the presidential election may or may not still be all established and final and done or accurate. Or It's just one big surprise, one very abnormal Christmas that we're getting into this year in 2020. But if you look at Christmas in the Bible, an abnormal Christmas was actually, well, it was pretty normal. And this week, we're going to spend some time looking at some individuals from the Bible who had very abnormal Christmases. And today, we're going to start with maybe the most abnormal Christmas of all, the one that there was from Mary. Many ab abnormal things happening there. Of course, Mary was, was a virgin. She had never been with a man, and yet she was pregnant. That's very abnormal. <laughs> And the way she found out she was pregnant is that an angel came to her and told her the news, which is also very abnormal. And then the angel greeted her by saying this. In Luke chapter 1, it said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And we're told that Mary considered that greeting to be very abnormal. You ever wonder why? I wonder if it had something to do with the title the angel had given her, with the phrase that the angel used to refer to her. Greetings, you who are highly favored. If you were to pick one title or one phrase that would best describe you over this last year, what would that be? And think in particular about all the unusual things that this year has brought and how you've reacted to them. What phrase or title would you use to describe you as, as a pandemic came in and turned your whole world upside down? Took you away from the places that you can normally go so easily. And from the friends and the family that you usually saw so often. What word or phrase would you use to describe yourself as we got into the election cycle? 
as things really started to get heated, not just on television and social media, but among your neighbors and maybe even among your family. What word or phrase would you use to describe yourself as you were thrown into all sorts of new situations that you had never been in before and, and you had to deal with them? and also deal with everyone else's emotions as they were going through them. Do you have something in mind? Something that accurately describes you? If what you're thinking of right now is something less than favorable, you might have something in common with Mary. That phrase, highly favored, you know what that means? It literally means somebody who has been shown grace. And you know what grace is? Grace is somebody giving you a love that you do not deserve. It's treating you very kindly and good when you've earned quite the opposite. And that's how the angel referred to Mary as somebody who was shown grace, which is why the angel was able to say the next five words in the sentence. The Lord is with you. Because the angel wanted Mary to know, and you to know, that a great Christmas doesn't depend at all on your ability to successfully manage all the different things going on in your life. It doesn't depend at all on your ability to successfully withstand all the temptations that come flying in your direction. It doesn't depend on you at all. It entirely depends on God's ability to be with you, even when it was really hard, even if it meant cramming himself into the womb of a virgin, even if it meant growing up and hanging on a cross to forgive us of every sin that might keep us from knowing that the Lord will always be with all of his children. Whatever this Christmas looks like for you, whatever the details are, we know this. We know this from Mary. The Lord is with you. And therefore, it's going to be a good Christmas. As we continue to look at individuals in the Bible who knew how it felt to have a very abnormal Christmas, Joseph certainly makes the list. Just put yourself in the sandals of Joseph for a moment. So imagine it's your wedding day, but not yet your wedding night, which is kind of where Joseph was in his relationship with Mary. So it was, it was official, but, um, but they hadn't actually yet been together. And then imagine that you discover, doesn't say that Mary told him, but that he discovered <laughs> that his wife was pregnant. And then he confronts her, about, confronts her on it and she says, oh, it's not yours. No kidding, you say. But then she says, but don't worry. God wanted this to happen. You know that promise in the Bible that a virgin would conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world? Well, an angel came to me and told me that I'm the virgin who would conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world. It's all going to be okay. I was going to come and tell you, but I just didn't know how to bring it up and I didn't know if you would believe me. <laughs> and she was right. He didn't. He didn't believe the story. Joseph was a good man. He was, he was too heartbroken to continue with the relationship. But he didn't want to disgrace her, and so he, he was going to quietly walk away from it, quietly divorce her. And it had to be quiet, because who would believe a story like that? I mean, think about how Joseph felt. He felt, he felt alone. 
He felt lost. He felt hurt. He was in an unusual situation that no one else in the history of the world had ever been in. And isn't that kind of how all we felt this, all of us have felt this, this last year? Just lost and thrown into this situation that, that, we've, that we've never been in before. Not really knowing how we're going to get out of it or when we're going to get out of it or if exactly it's going to end. And unlike Joseph, it's not easy for us just to walk away from it. And those are hard situations to be in. I'll give you an example from a couple of years ago. Um, a UPS driver was, was on his way to a house to pick up a package. You know, you can do that with packages. Instead of going to the, the UPS store and dropping it off, you can, you can schedule a pickup. They can come to your house and they'll, they'll pick it up without you having to leave the house. And, and so one woman in Missouri, she scheduled a pickup and the UPS driver pulled up the big brown van and up to the house, walked up to the door, rang the doorbell. The door opened up and there was the woman at the door smiling, handing him the brown package. And he turned around and walked away from the door, looked down at the package. And when he looked down at the package, he saw there was something written on it. Call 911, it said. By the time he turned around, the door was already closed. And so he called 911. He explained the situation told him he didn't know exactly what was going on, but within just a few minutes, a SWAT team showed up at the scene, busted down the door, and there inside discovered that this woman, along with her three-year-old daughter, had been held captive in the house for the last 15 hours by her not-so-nice husband. They were locked in a closet, and they had been without any food and without any water. Can you imagine how it would feel to be trapped in a situation like that? Maybe like Joseph felt when his wife gave him the news that he was not expecting. Which is maybe why an angel came to Joseph too and said this, You don't need to be afraid, the angel said. You don't need to be afraid of that kind of situation. Because help is coming. Not in the form of a UPS driver, but help in the form of a little baby that's already inside the womb of a virgin. A little baby that would grow up and remain in this world when the pain really started happening. When the nails were pounded in, when the thorns pierced his skin, when his blood was shed, and he had to make a choice between saving his own life or saving us from a world that's really broken. From saving us from something even more dangerous than a not-so-nice husband. He will save his people from their sins, the angel said, from the real cause of all this world's pain. For the times that we doubt God, from the times that we don't trust him, from the times that we let new situations and our emotional response get, get the best of us in so many different ways that end up being really destructive, from all the times our hearts are inflicted with hurt and pain because we walk around with a guilty conscience, he will save us from those things, even if it meant 
growing up and hanging on a cross during a crucifixion just so the whole world could see just how long he will stay by the side of somebody just like Joseph. He'll stay to the very end. He stays with you to the very end. That's what Christmas is. That God is with you to the very end. So earlier this month, something very unusual happened in the state of Minnesota. One night at about 9.30 at night, an airplane landed on the freeway. A single-engine airplane landed on the freeway, going in the direction of traffic, um, nicked one vehicle. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Not the driver of the vehicle, not the person who flew the airplane. They had an emergency up in the sky and they needed to land immediately and they saw the freeway and they decided to to land on it. Very unusual. <laughs> but it really kind of fits with the kind of things that have been happening in 2020. It's been a very unusual, abnormal year in so many different ways. At the beginning of the year, did you imagine that most places you would go, you would see everyone wearing masks? Probably not. It's been, uh, you know, it's, I noticed something unusual the other day as I was out doing some Christmas shopping. There were available parking spots. <laughs> and lots of them. And not as many people are out doing the things that they normally do around, around Christmas time. It's been a very abnormal, unusual year. And as we con continue to talk about individuals in the Bible, we had a very abnormal, unusual Christmas. The shepherds certainly count. So the shepherds were out in their field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Very normal thing for them. When suddenly something very unusual happened. An angel appeared to them and started speaking to them. And then an army of angels came and announced the birth of the Savior to them, and, and it was, uh, which was very unusual all by itself. But then something unusual based on what the angels said to them. When it said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel, the angel promised peace to them. And the reason I feel that's a little bit unusual is because of where they were currently hanging out. They were hanging out in about the most peaceful place that existed in the world. Out in the middle of the field, where there was no hustle and bustle of busy traffic. Nobody really telling them, you got to do this and this and this and this and this in order to get ready for Christmas. No big city lights blinding them from the beautiful stars out in the sky. It's just peaceful. And the sheep, of course, <laughs> they didn't do much of anything. It was just peaceful. But the shepherds responded so eagerly to that promise of peace indicating that they didn't have it. And my best guess as to why they didn't feel peace sitting in the middle of that peaceful scene is because in the middle of that peaceful scene, they could get away from everything. They could get away from distractions, they could get away from people, they could get away from other responsibilities, they could get away from pressures of, of having to manage so many different things. But the one thing they could not get away from out in those fields was themselves. They couldn't get away from themselves. How often over this last unusual year has that been the hardest thing for you to live with? Yourself. And how many days have, have you ended the day feeling good about everything that you did and every word you said 
and every person you noticed. If you're like me, you've had a lot of days where you haven't. And that takes peace away from our hearts. And maybe why the shepherds ran so eagerly to see what the angels had told them about. They got to Bethlehem and then they saw something amazing. They saw the greatest landing in the history of the world. Not an airplane on a freeway. But God himself landing in the womb of a virgin. You know, when, when pilots are training to get their license, they're actually trained for that kind of thing. And how to land and where to land in an emergency situation. And they are told if something happens up in the air that, well, that forces you to make an emergency landing, look for a freeway. And land in the direction that the traffic is going. Don't, uh, don't fly into the oncoming traffic. <laughs> you know, land, land the same direction so that you can minimize the damage, so that you can minimize the pain. And that's what that pilot in Minnesota did. But it's not what the Son of God did when he landed in Bethlehem. He landed in Bethlehem knowing that this world was going to maximize the pain in so many ways. Increasingly, until he finally maximized entirely on a cross where his own father abandoned him. Because that was the price he was willing to pay to give you the right to walk through life knowing that the one thing a pandemic, the one thing this world, that the one thing your sins can never take away is peace. Peace with God. That is your right, your God-given right, every single day. This week, as we are looking at individuals in the Bible who experienced very abnormal Christmas celebrations, you might say, we have two days left as we are here on Christmas Eve and two individuals left, both of whom we meet in the same place. Not on the day that Jesus was born, but some days later when Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus to the temple, a man named Simeon and a woman named Anna. Today we'll look at Anna and tomorrow we will look at Simeon. But Anna, if you look in your Bibles, most Bibles will tell you that Anna was 84 years old. But many Bibles will have a footnote by that that says that we don't actually know if the number 84 there in that verse refers to her age or the number of years she had been a widow. The Bible does tell us that she had been married for seven years. But then after those seven years, she was widowed. So it's possible she spent the next 84 years feeling quite alone. And that's a new feeling for many this Christmas. The feeling of being alone because of the pandemic and gathering restrictions and recommendations to not get too close to anyone so that people don't get sick. Many people are experiencing Christmas feeling more alone in their homes, in their churches, than they're used to feeling. And then there are the many for whom Christmas would have felt very lonely anyway because you're missing someone really significant. They used to be here for every Christmas, but this year they're not. Maybe it's the first year, or maybe it's just 
the next one where you struggle to get through the holidays without letting your loneliness get the best of you. And those are hard situations, really hard. It's hard even for, uh, even for dogs. Queen is the name of a dog that about two and a half years ago was found behind a dumpster in the city of Kansas City. And Queen was beaten up, uh, dirty, and had a torn ACL, just in rough shape. But somebody found Queen, found Queen behind the dumpster and took Queen to the local animal shelter where they got her, they got her cleaned up and got her ready for adoption. And that animal shelter is exactly where Queen stayed for the next 400 days. For the next 400 days. There was a man who came to the animal shelter regularly whose name was Scott. And Scott would walk by Queen. And Queen, every time, every time Scott and, you know, his other visitors too, would, would walk by, Queen would be really excited, tail would start wagging and get really excited to, to see someone. But as day after day went by and nobody adopted Queen, Scott began to notice something happening to Queen. She just looked really, really sad. And when somebody walked by, her tail wouldn't start wagging. She just kind of sat there looking really discouraged as if this dog who had been sitting there for 400 days began to realize that the Hundreds or thousands of people who have walked by her kennel in those 400 days really just wanted nothing to do with her. And so that's when Scott decided to do something. He didn't adopt her. He moved in with her. <laughs> he moved in with her. He moved into her kennel. He, um, he decided to work remotely, which was something that he had the ability to do long before Many of us were commanded to do that or you know, ordered to do that by our bosses in a pandemic kind of world, but, but he moved in with her. He brought in a desk and his computer and even brought in a plant and a lamp and, and all those things and said that he was determined to stay in that kennel with Queen until somebody adopted her. And as word started to spread that Scott was doing this wonderful thing for this, for this broken-hearted dog, it didn't take long before somebody finally did. Scott only had to live in the kennel for seven days before somebody finally adopted Queen. And then this dog who had felt lost and beaten and broken and alone found a home. Queen was going to be okay. And so will you. So will you. Even if you're more alone than ever this Christmas. Even if you're missing someone really significant. Even if this year hurts more than ever before. Even if this year has been your worst compared to any that's, that's come before. You're going to be okay. Not because Scott is going to move into a kennel with you for seven days. But because God himself decided to move into the womb of a virgin. And decided to not leave this world when the pain really started happening. When he had to make a choice between his comfort, and your soul. Between his joy and pleasure and your salvation. Between coming down from the cross or staying there to forgive us for everything that would have kept us from the one place where every tear is wiped away and there is no more death or crying, or grief, or loneliness, or pain. 
maybe that's why Anna was so good at doing just one thing. If you look in your Bibles and you read about Anna, she, she did the same thing really every day for 84 years, whether, whether it would have been Christmas or, or Easter or her birthday or, or anything. It says that she worshipped in the temple day and night, day after day, for 84 years. In other words, there was only one place she wanted to be. In a place where she was going to be reminded of, of the Christ. That she was on that day when Mary and Joseph came walking in. That she was holding in her own hands. And the Christ that we in our hearts hold by faith as the promise that this world is never going to get the best of you. Because our God has come for you. Merry Christmas, friends. On Christmas Day, as we are spending this week talking about individuals in the Bible who had very unusual Christmas celebrations, we end our week by talking about a man named Simeon. In our Christmas Day worship service at my home congregation, we are singing the Song of Simeon as part of our worship this morning. I'll get to that in just a little bit. Many assume that Simeon was an old man. Um, you, that's how you often see him pictured in the Bible, but we can't really say for certain because the Bible doesn't tell us his age. He could have been 84 like Anna, who also met little baby Jesus at the temple when Mary and Joseph brought him there. Or he could have been 14 or he could have been anything in between. We don't know. We only know that he was waiting for something. Luke tells us that he was waiting to see the Lord's Messiah. And he also tells us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. You know what that word consolation means? It means encouragement. Simeon was waiting for some encouragement. And boy, hasn't that been the case for many of us this year? Waiting to hear some good news. Waiting to hear some encouragement. In a year that's been so hard for many, for so many, compared to so many other years previously, and in a year that's been filled with so much division, it's been hard to find encouragement and, and togetherness in a, in a year that's been that's been really challenging. When you're not together with the people that you want to be together with, that can be really painful. Back in 2004, you may remember that there was a, a large tsunami that swept through the Indian Ocean and just ravaged 14 different countries. Well, there's one little story that came out of that tsunami that was heartbreaking. It was of a mother who was carrying her four-year-old daughter named Radatal. And she was carrying her, trying to get her to safety when a big gust from the tsunami ripped her four-year-old daughter out of her arms and threw her into the air. And mom wasn't able to see where, where her daughter went. She looked, and even after the tsunami, she kept, she kept looking. But they didn't find her. They didn't find her. And that pain for a mother, the pain of losing someone you love, losing your grip on somebody you love, is absolutely heartbreaking. And it's the kind of pain that Simeon promised Mary. It's important that we don't overlook something that Simeon said to Mary as Mary handed the Christ child into his arms. He looked at Mary and said, A sword will pierce your own soul too. He promised that she was going to feel pain. 
which doesn't sound very Christmassy. But the reason he said it was because he knew exactly who it was that he was holding. He was holding the Messiah, which means he knew that he wasn't here to fix everything that's broken in this world. He was here to save us from this broken world. He was here to save us from our sins. Even if it meant hanging on a cross, even if it meant growing up and going through a lot of pain, even if it meant being shut off from the joy of heaven, he was there to save us so that you could know that you are the one that God longs to embrace, that you are the one without whom God, in a sense, feels lost in his existence. You're the one he wants. And that's what Simeon saw as he was holding the Christ. He was seeing the reality of our sin. He was seeing the reality of the God who wanted to save us from it. And he was seeing a reason to believe that he was going to be okay. No matter how surprising life ever is. And in 2014, it was really surprising. In 2014, a man was walking along the shores of the Indian Ocean. This was 10 years after that tsunami. He was walking along those shores when he saw someone. He thought it was his niece, which was really strange because his niece was the little four-year-old girl who got swept away by the wind 10 years earlier. Of course, this, this person that he was seeing wasn't four years old. She looked to be about 14 or mid-teens, which is, which is exactly how old his niece, that four-year-old, would have been at the time. And he thought that this person looked like that his niece would have looked if, you know, if she, had, she had grown up into a, into, a, into a teenager. And he thought that for good reason. Because it was her. It was. It turns out that when the wind swept her away, it carried her away all the way to another island where she was eventually found as a four-year-old by an elderly woman. An elderly woman who raised her for the next 10 years and kept her safe until one day that girl's mother was able to hold her in her arms again. She had something so vital that had been missing. And Simeon rejoiced holding that Christ child because he knew that he does the same thing for you. I don't know exactly what's missing for you this Christmas, what's diminishing any kind of joy or what's keeping you from just shouting your greatest hallelujahs at this Christmas celebration. I don't know what's heaviest on your heart as you think about this previous year, all the challenges that you've faced. I don't know the kind of criticism that's been directed at you for the different ways that you've tried to handle things at, at work or among your family or, or in the community or in the world. I don't know the different things that make you feel like you're never going to hold the good things for which your heart is searching. But Simeon knows that the child gives them all back again because he brings you to a place where all the pain is wiped away, where what we're holding are the greatest things that God could ever give. 
And maybe that's why Simeon sang what he did in his song. He sang, among other things, in his song, You may now dismiss your servant in peace. Holding on to Jesus, it seems he was ready to die. <laughs> I don't think he was looking to die. But I think he knew that however this Christmas is, whatever's there, whatever's missing, he really knew he was holding the one thing any of us really need to live during this or any other Christmas celebration. Merry Christmas, my friends. Jesus gives you his peace. Hey, what's up everyone? Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. Now, we certainly would love this message to reach more and more people. So if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing this podcast, it would bring it to more people's eyes and we pray this message into more people's hearts. Thanks for your support and we'll talk to you soon.